Hello and welcome to another episode of Lost in Criterion. I'm John Patrick Owatari Dorgan. With me, as always, is a man who's a huge fan of non-consensual Russian roulette. <laughs> I am the Adam Glass, and why would you play it any other way? Right. Like, uh, if you play it the if you play it the consensual way, that's that's no fun. Why would you let the person know they're involved in it? Like Deer Hunter, uh, this movie was criticized for encouraging people to play Russian roulette. <laughs> Oh, that was, that was, okay. Which, That's what they criticized this yeah. movie for. Fantastic. Yeah. Um, uh, I don't, I don't know about how anything in this movie encourages people to play Russian roulette, uh, since no one actually plays Russian roulette. Yeah, in this that movie. does not, in yes. fact, happen in this movie. It, it's not played in anything that would be considered the traditional capacity. Um, moreover, uh, I guess they're operating on the, uh, like, well, even having it happen in the movie even sort of tangentially as promotion of it, I don't know. What we've learned yeah, about French know. authorities is that they're insane. So that's what we learned the other day. Always. Always. I don't know I don't know if this movie was actually banned, uh by any right, means. Yeah. Uh the other thing is it was a criticism I, I read about somewhere, but now I can't even remember where because it's not on the Wikipedia that I can find. So Pat, before we get into the movie this week, I do want to talk about our Patreon. It's patreon.com slash lost in criterion. Over there for a dollar a month, you can help keep us going and get access to some bonus content. We do a non-criterion film over there each month. Our supporters get to vote on what movie we're going to watch from a list I put together usually, but sometimes the supporters put together as well. I love to take suggestions from people because I don't like to think for myself. Nice. Uh, Me neither. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Just... Autopilot all the way through this. I'm actually scripted by an AI, you know. I'm not even doing this at all. Pat is just a large language model. Yes, I am. Uh, I am. I am. I am at best a uh, predictive text gone run amok. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, weird. 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 <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> they, 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 it's like, weird. yes, they, they scanned all my entire, the entire history of everything <laughs> I've ever said. That's what it came up with. Is he, boy, this guy says weird a yeah. lot. Just too much. There's over uh, 70 bonus episodes over there now. So that's, uh, you know, that's a lot of episodes. Yeah, We've it been is. Doing that. We've been doing that bonus episode for a while, haven't we? Um, yeah, it freaks yeah. me out sometimes uh, when I go and look great. at the postcards. And I'm like, oh, shit, we've done a lot of these. Yeah. Very grateful to all of our $1 supporters, but not grateful enough to thank them on air. <laughs> to do that, cool. you have to that pay a little extra. <laughs> I'm sick. I we we appreciate you, but not um, that much. Yeah, no. I. The $1 supporters uh, get stuff done, and we're very grateful for them. Uh, but a little above that, at the $5 tier, uh, we thank those folks on air. And thank you so much to our $5 supporters, Eric Coronado, Stephen Goldenmeyer, Andrew Jarrett, and Chris Otto. Uh, above that, we do something pretty dang special. 
Pat makes a piece of art based on one of the movies we watched recently. I get that printed up on a postcard, write a little personalized thank you note, and mail that off to our $10 and above supporters. I'd also like to thank them on air, and thank you so much to Nina Bajnak, Patrick Yako, Adam Speakerman, Jason Westhaver, and Tracy McGrath, our $10 and above thank supporters. Thank you. If you want to check out those postcards without committing that $10 mark, you can head over to redbubble.com, search for Lost in Criterion there, or store will come up and you can buy those past postcards as greeting cards, postcards, stickers, some as buttons, some as phone cases, uh, a couple as t-shirts. Basically, uh, as I'm scrolling Do down through the options, yet? whatever I think the art works, no hats yet. Uh, you haven't really made any hat-worthy art. I'll have to work Get on, on that. Get on that, yeah, and we'll I'll, see. I'll try to figure something yeah. out. Yeah, we'll figure it out. Uh, but yeah, uh, we are so grateful to everyone who has ever purchased anything off our Redbubble. Uh, we keep our margins pretty low, so it's not really an income for us, but it's still fun when uh, people... Uh, it's also funny to make uh, Redbubble be forced by law to mail us stuff every so often. Like mail us money every so yeah, often. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, we've never met Redbubble's minimum payout for a month, uh, but at the end of every year, they have to mail us a check for three dollars. Uh, <laughs> it's so, that's super, it's so that's funny. Great. Uh, it's almost worth it's almost <laughs> worth keeping the margins low just to make that happen. Yeah, yeah, it's it's super fun. Uh, anyway, thank you everyone who has gotten those three dollar checks to us. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, absolutely. Makes me laugh every time. Thank you so much to everybody who has uh, supported us on Patreon over the years. And thank you for listening. Yes, thank you. Pat, this week we are watching our second of a pair of Claude Chabrol films, 1959's Les Cousins. Uh, This film ended up coming out just a couple of months after uh, last week's film. Um, Basically, Chabrol wrote this one first. We talked about this a little bit last week. I've forgotten all that, though, so it's best if you just tell me again. Wrote the Cousins first, decided it would be cheaper to film Les Bousserges because Les Bousserges takes place in the country instead of in the city. Uh, And obviously it's more expensive to film in the city um, for city reasons. Um, (laughs) So he made Les Bousserges first, but then Les Bousserges got held up uh, post-production. So... Basically, Le Boussaires went into theaters roughly a month before the Cousins premiered. Right. Uh, so there are two Claude Chabrol films that you could choose from, and some of the bonus features last week joked that uh, uh, people recommending the films uh, like to pit them against one another. It's like, well, if you didn't like Le Boussaires, you're you should go <laughs> yeah. see the Cousins. You'll like that better, um, and vice versa. Alternatively, since they're basically just a mirror version of each other, you probably right, won't uh, like either of them. Where, <laughs> yeah, where to start here is basically last week you posited that uh, Le Bousserge was anti provincial. Oh, yeah, basically. and we also discussed the fact uh, that like it's possible that like this movie <laughs> would be a counter argument to that, essentially, right? Yeah. Um, so there's a couple is. of reads here. Go ahead, sorry. Because this is another country mouse, city mouse, but this is the country mouse coming to the city. Uh, last week, our city guy, with Le Serge, our city guy goes back to the country to visit his old friends, town he used to live in, uh, ends up deciding he's going to be their savior, and uh, kills himself to do that. Yeah. 
this week, uh, Country Bumpkin comes to the city, uh, stays with his cousin, who is uh, an asshole. An asshole. <laughs> a pop- like, let's be clear here. He is there, there, no. the movie does not want us to have a positive read, yeah. Paul. Okay, right. Paul's an asshole. Right. Paul has okay? no. Paul has no redeeming qualities Paul is a whatsoever. Big piece of shit. Uh, Charles, who I suppose our sympathies should lie with, uh, essentially just gives up three quarters of the way through the movie. Anyway, yeah, he's not a fairly, uh, he's not a relatively very sympathetic character either, but yeah. for like different reasons, right? Yeah, um, and then uh, no redemption arc for anybody. Uh, Paul just accidentally shoots Charles. At yeah, the end of the it's movie. like, it's 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 probably the most interesting thing about the movie is the fact that it it is framed in many ways as a sort of morality tale, where like yeah. we don't learn any morals. <laughs> right, <laughs> where, like right, nobody right, learns right. anything. We as the audience don't learn anything. The 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 characters don't learn anything. It's like oh, a modern morality tale where nothing. Of any value is taught to yeah. anyone, including the audience. Except for maybe so, don't leave loaded guns around. I mean, I guess there, that is a moral. Yeah. Um, I think there is that. a moral read of the... There is a moral read of the pair of films where it's essentially arguing that there are city people and there are country people. And uh, if city people or country people go to the other... <laughs> the other place yeah it will end terribly yeah i mean that's one of the reasons uh, my my alternative of that is is to read it as like they're shitty people in both places like right 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 but you know i it, it that's not very useful <laughs> or interesting um yeah like thought process you know that's kind of just boring in many ways but it is yeah a possible read of i it. will I will also point out Terrence Rafferty's essay for uh, for the Criterion Collection for this film. Um, I think he wrote last week's as well. Um, but for this film, he points out that the Paris Charles comes to visit is a small town of Paris. Like, he's not visiting the whole city. Right, He's right. visiting his cousin who has a wide net, but a cast of right it's still a neighborhood friends. right it is still a it is still a right. neighborhood film yeah. but it's a neighborhood where he is a sophisticate right like he is right he is meant to and be paul, read that way right and paul is the center of that neighborhood right, right? Okay. everything revolves around paul which is fundamentally uh, a ridiculous concept right like the movie starts on a, on well, a ridiculous premise in many ways right yeah enormous city uh, and every single person in that neighborhood like it's not so much that everybody in the neighborhood would know Paul. That's kind of fine. It's more the issues that like everybody cares about Paul, which is ridiculous. Well, the the ridiculousness of this premise is that as soon as we know anything about Paul, we hate them. Right, right, right. And, right. and the idea that anyone would like Paul, yeah, that, like, is, is... yeah, the idea that like all these people want to spend time around this person that we as an audience like instantly hate, and that like yeah is is like obviously contemptible right like everybody in even like right and we see a lot of ridiculous sort of like the movie making things happen that don't make sense right like he meets that that girl sort of er, fairly early on uh we he meet paul meets um i forget what i've so so many people um well no not the girl Uh, he makes have an abortion that's 
a separate issue. No, no. Flo is the girl Charles falls in love right, with. Right, no, but before that, there's the girl that, like, the other guy oh. brings as his, like, date. And, like, yeah. she goes from, like, bo- like bottom-of-the-barrel contempt for Paul to, like, being, like, mad head over heels for Paul in the space of, like, five minutes. And yeah. the movie is like, well, we can't explain yeah. this, so we're just not going to show it. We're, like, there's nothing wrong with, like, right. not putting Paul those things pre- on screen. But the movie has them do... Her do a complete 180 in like five minutes. It's fucking basically right. insane. <laughs> it makes no sense. Uh, like it just doesn't. That's not how people work. I don't. Yeah, I. I love the party scenes in this movie. Um, <laughs> yeah, they are stupid because they are so stupid. And they're so. They great. are the worst parties basically, I've ever seen in my. They are just the shittiest parties. I, I made a comment on, on Blue Sky, which is not worth worth really, but basically the, yeah. the effect is, like, the idea that, like, somebody would put on Wa- Wagner and, like, fucking recite, like a, no- like, a poem by a Nazi to, like, yeah. kick off their orgy is a fucking batshit, like, nuts sort of thing to do. It's the... Yeah. Who would go to that party? Well, that party clearly sucks. Yeah. I don't know. Um... So a a thing about this movie uh, is that it is co-written by a guy named Paul Gagoff, uh-huh. uh wrote the dialogue, and uh, Gigoff, uh Rafferty's essays describes Gagoff as a right-wing provocateur, uh huh. Um, but also he just seems like a general asshole. Yeah. Um. A movie he eventually wrote, I cannot remember the name of it, and I hope to never see it, uh, is incredibly autobiographical about the failure of one of his marriages, mm-hmm. um, and uh, presumably to Danielle Gigoff. Um But he made the movie after their divorce, cast her to play his wife, and cast their real daughter to play their daughter. <laughs> Well, that's fucked up. Uh, and, like, maybe they're all on board in exploring this space. But but they shouldn't be. No, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> anyway. Um, so, anyway, uh, Gagoff uh, is... Uh, yeah, I don't have much information on him uh, aside from what Rafferty writes. Um, so, uh, I'll trust Rafferty to describe him as a right-wing provocateur. Um and and in that essence, uh, maybe the Wagner stuff makes more sense. Yeah, it does. Um, it really does. Like it's, but it's like, yeah, it's still just like it, it reads to me, like, like a play, like a a, a scene, like I how do I explain it? Like only a really weird mind would imagine that as like what a part, like what a party should be. It reminded me a little too much of Metropolitan. Yeah. 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 I can the see that. Stillman film. Yeah. I can see that. Um, um, it has similar sensibilities in some ways, right? Like, um, yeah. And a similar politics. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, I ultimately it is, uh, a whole cloth reference to the party scenes in, the rules of the game, which is long enough ago, you may not even remember the party. Scene. I vaguely remember the party. Um, but the, like my brain, the is sort not of way they're shot, yeah. 
and the way we we uh, punch in on small character interactions, and and Stillman tries to do this in Metropolitan too. Not, succeeds in doing this. I don't want to say tries uh, dismissively. There's plenty of reasons to dismiss Metropolitan. You can go listen to that episode to find some out. Right. Uh, but uh, but yeah. So um, yeah. I just I I love that we we just get shots of of Paul and Charles interacting and and Charles is always sad and Paul is always charismatic and then Paul gets bored and puts on Wagner is the ending to every party. Yeah, yeah, basically it's 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 it is the movie would the movie is both fascinating is like fascinating I don't know how to explain like I'm really torn on my feelings about the movie because fundamentally I don't yeah. like the movie. Any of the characters? I don't like any of the characters. I don't really enjoy. I didn't really enjoy most of the movie. Um, yeah, and like, I don't think it's a. I don't think it's necessarily because it's bad. Um, although I do think it is. Um, the writing is iffy, if I'm being honest. Like, because it doesn't flow very well in a lot of ways. But like, it is the pacing is is strange to me. It is. It is. We we spend an an exorbitant amount of time basically just watching Charles be sad, um, right? And like do nothing about it. Um, and then like the movie like throws in these very sort of like untoward twists. Like Paul succeeds on the test and Charles fails. Yeah, which like doesn't. It's another one of those things. It's like it's it's a magnification of the problem with with the with the woman that I discussed at the beginning from the early scene where it's like. It doesn't actually make any sense, except for I right. guess maybe like I kept waiting for like another shooter drop that we find out like Paul like, bribed the 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 head of like testament. You know what I mean? Like, and it doesn't have any of that, and that's fine. We don't, but like, kind of not engaging with the idea that like so Paul's also just a savant. Like yeah. that's like a thing we just find out in the last like eight minutes of the movie. Is right. is like strange it's just a, like a lot of really like why did somebody choose to write this i don't know why this movie works the way it does and why yeah. honestly why yeah. i think people okay i have a theory can i present you with my theory okay number one this movie is sure. french new wave right yes a, a phrase that i've now determined means nothing Arguably the first French New Wave. Arguably film. the first French as, New as Wave. As we've film, said about multiple which films, we've said about about a hundred films now, this at this one, point. Uh, this one, this one gets to be arguably the first French New Wave film because it was the first French New Wave film that actually made any money. But, but uh, here's the because thing: it was not a box office failure. The yeah. first French New Wave film, which we've now seen apparently again for the fiftieth time, yeah, is apparently demonstrates a fact that like I kind of knew in my gut. What has become more and more clear over the years? That phrase means fucking nothing. Right, right, right. That right. phrase. I assumed originally when we first learned about the French New Wave, and though those heady yeah. days of yore, that it meant like, oh, well, we're going to use non-professional actors. We're going to have like it's going to be mostly kind of like slice of life. It's going to be kind of down to earth and not necessarily plot. Like it's not going to have a big overarching plot kind of. Stru- you know what I mean? It's going to be, you know, Cleo five to seven or something like you know what i mean like that like we're gonna be mostly focused on like daily life not daily life but like young people and the way they right. interact with the city and they interact with each other we're not gonna go for like big plots well this movie yeah doesn't do any of that 
as far as I could tell. Right? Um, right. It's like it does have a big overarching plot. It is a stupid plot. Um, but like it does in fact end with the death of a character which seems very non French New Avi, if I'm being honest. Right? Yeah. Like the reason I say that is because well, most I of mean, the French we, New Wave films that we, we we I know that we have like the ones that are inspired I and mean, Goddard and all those guys very heavily inspired by Amer- like American detective films and stuff. But that's not like even those I would argue kind of are in the French New Wave mostly because of like who made them. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, I don't. I, so what I'm saying is the answer is this is an entirely vibes based category. Right. Like right, it right. means. Yeah. Fucking nothing. And. And there is. It stresses me out. Adam. Four, We've watched hundreds of movies in a category that the answer to what is the French new wave is. I don't know, man. Yeah. Made by one of these 12 um, dudes. Like, yeah. That's what it means. Uh, but but not. But not Varda. But not the but not uh, the one woman the... who would who most arguably fits the criteria I have just named. Most clearly. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Uh yeah. Like these yeah. aren't even non professional yeah, actors. That's Every that's single really... one of these people has a filmography. Every single one of these people yeah. has a filmography, Adam. All of, I'm I'm I'm, gonna, I'm, peaking same... my, I'm peaking my audio. I'm so upset. I gotta turn it down. It is largely the same cast as last week too. Right, but they all um, had credits before this, like before that right. too. They all have credits that go right. back to like at least like the early fifties. Yeah, last week <sighs> uh, the only non last week the only non professionals were the people of the village playing themselves. Right. I this week. Oh, and they, this we week, I guess, them. arguably, it is the people of Paris. It is people in Paris playing themselves. But they're but none of the lead the characters. They're are, none of the main characters. Yeah. I, yeah, Adam, this movie—it's making me. I need you to understand that this fact is driving me absolutely crazy. We have spent ten years learning about a a kind of. In many ways, we've we've watched more French New Wave films of, than any other kind of film we in this in this thing. Absolutely, and, yes. And every time I've inched further and further along. The realization that like it, that phrase means nothing, but this one yeah. seals the deal. Like they're like everyone's like this is the first one. Like it, it made money. It's yeah. it really kicked off the genre. It's like, but none of the things you all all say in all those interviews in black boxes where you right. interview people are in this movie. Yeah. Well, you have to you have to wait to the next first <sighs> I, French New Wave film. The four hundred blows, or go back to the first Varda film, uh, right? And but like, Court and that's the thing is, like, those, those criteria. Are, I, yeah, <sighs> yeah. Which criterion um, told us both of those yeah. were the first French New Wave films as well? Um, yeah, by some definitions. Uh, I'm just, yeah, I'm very, really I'm very distraught, Adam. Like, I, I cannot explain to you how deeply upset just, I am. Just, just let go of I, the French New Wave. Pat. I know, but just we've, let, I've heard let that phrase a category millions of times at this point, Adam. I have been told about to the French rank- New Wave hundreds, minimum thousands of times by so many talking heads in so many black boxes yeah. recorded by yeah. somebody or the Criterion Collection who want to tell me all about the French New Wave, and nothing any of them has ever said has been true about, right. this, about this movement, quote-unquote. Yeah. All the other movements we well, talked about we also- had definitions and meanings, Adam, every single one of them. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, and if its definition and meaning was a rejection of definition and meaning, that would be something. But it's, it's also not, not that. that. Um, this is just a yeah. plain old uh, shitty story. It's all it is. Yeah. It's a fairly poorly written shitty story about people yeah. I don't care about. Right. Yeah. Uh, I suppose we do have to recognize that each French New Wave director in their obsession with film uh, is their own unique person, too. Um, yeah. The, okay. <laughs> I don't know a lot about Chabrol's, uh Chabrol is... These are the only two films from him we've ever seen. Uh, they might be the only two films from him we'll ever see. Wouldn't uh, surprise me. Oh, he's worked with that that guy a bunch of times, by the way. We, Paul, yes, that, Paul Gagoff. That, he's made most yeah. of Paul Gagoff's movies that got made are made yes. by Chevrolet. So that tells you a lot about Chevrolet as well, we, right? Like we learn a lot about who he yeah. associates with, right? Right. Uh, we will eventually have uh, Le Ceremony is in the Criterion Collection, but it is uh, spine number eleven ninety nine. I'll be dead by so then. far in the future. It's... It might not. It might as well not exist. Uh, so, um. On the Wikipedia page, and and I only draw it from the Wikipedia page because I I don't see it anywhere else. Um, drawing from uh, Roy Arms French Cinema, uh, from nineteen eighty five. Uh, Wikipedia says that the uh, the theme of the exchange of guilt uh, is uh, presented in the unwitting murder at the end. Uh, that theme is something that Chabrol and Romer analyzed in Hitchcock. Um, Romer, we watched the five moral tales, or six moral tales, or however many moral tales there were from Romer uh, many years ago, and, and Romer did not connect with us at all. Right, yeah, I remember. Um, I, I, there's some Romer stuff remember we remember, yeah. but... Yeah. Well, I, yeah, I mean, I, um, I, I, it connected to me visually a little bit. Like, I did do a postcard based yeah, on it. Yeah, yeah. I, I did find... Romero's visual sense quite engaging, yeah. but otherwise, yeah, the movies did not yeah. land for us. And obviously, if there is a Hitchcockian element to Chabrol, we're early enough that we're not seeing it. Um, the idea of an exchange of guilt that obviously exists in Les Bousserges because there is a redemption. You know, a a a a forced savior plot, right? right? Yeah. Um, where the main character in the Bousserge feels guilty for having gotten out, right, right, and sacrifices himself to save Serge. Um, here, here I don't even see that. No, I don't know. I don't know. Like, right? That's the problem. It's like legitimately, the, I don't know what the movie's trying to say. Like I literally have no yeah. idea what the what the reasoning behind the movie is. Like like so is Paul t- taking on I mean, the like cuz we don't get any like through line on that at the end, right? Like Paul is maybe sad, maybe he like yeah, becomes I don't know. I don't like his like totally like flippant lifestyle catches up with him by him murdering somebody else a person he doesn't even try yeah, to save makes no effort to even save 
Like doesn't call. Yeah, but doesn't he doesn't call the, an ambulance he or anything. Purposely, but he also he doesn't, doesn't do it on purpose. Murder yeah. him, right? No. Well, I think the CSI episode dedicated to this is going to rule it as suicide. Now, here's what I'm uh, going to say, though. Flip side is one could make the argument that that part of Paul's blatantly flippant lifestyle that he has now discovered the like results of is the kind of person who points a gun at another person, shoots it, and fires it like nonchalantly sure. yes. every morning because he as is an Paul asshole. Paul learned an important right, lesson. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yes. Maybe Paul has learned to like police his gun a little bit better great yeah he has not in fact learned i don't think that his lifestyle is bad right especially since charles created that environment right like paul knows there's never been any bullets in that gun ever right right and like so like yeah paul might put two and two together and create the through line that says like well i created an environment that made that was bad for for charles right which is true right like paul yeah actively created an environment that like ruined charles life charles's life right like that is yes uh but remember that the only reason there was a bullet in the gun is that charles uh unconsensually russian rouletted paul no that's what i'm saying is that like that's why so. I'm saying. That's what I'm saying is that like, but the you know like what I mean is, um, Paul would have to take a lot of mental steps to like get to that point. He would have to go back further yeah. and like really self actualize about the fact that like, well, why did Paul want to? Ki- why did Charles want to kill me? Like, it could be because I made his life a living hell. Uh, I yeah. am a bad person. We know that we like. Let's be clear here. Paul's not going to do that, right? Um, maybe, well, maybe, sure maybe it, in 20 I'm years, sure. Paul will like come to terms with that. Maybe. I'm not sure the facts could be ascertained for Paul to do that. No, I, what I, how do I like, no, I think you're right. Yeah. I agree. That is absolutely true. Um, which does create a really weird environment. Like it would be much more, um, yeah, the, the, the movie fails in many ways as a morality tale, obviously, but like. Yes, Paul would have to do some serious, like, fucking, like, logical deduction to get to the point where he realizes, like, oh, I made this happen. It's going to be the blanket, well, like, apparently top... he is. Hmm? He is a law school savant, so maybe he can make those. Yeah, shows. maybe, maybe he'll he'll shout objection and like a bunch of anime lines will shoot out of him, and he'll figure it out. <laughs> um, like, but like the point is, like, yeah, the the like. Without that, like obviously, so what we are left with is just the top of a guilt. I killed my my cousin. Yeah. Right. Which is like yeah. fine, but it doesn't teach you a lesson, right? It just teaches you like nothing, right? That I mean, yeah. I mean, will Paul be traumatized? Yeah, maybe, right? Like probably, like presumably, Paul right. liked Charles. Maybe. Although that's not a thing you can ascertain right. from this movie either. Um, seemingly, Paul does not has nothing but. Uh, disdain for for charles frankly right like i mean that's all we've got right i mean like like (laughs) bear in mind that that paul actively has an affair like a very obvious like over the top affair with the person charles like professes love for to i guess teach charles a lesson i'll tell you what this movie yeah there is actually one morality point in this film that is obviously what both Chabrol and um, 
and like like I don't know how to pronounce his name. Paul Gagoff want to tell us. Um, yeah, they want us to know that women are sluts. That appears to be their primary mission of the thing they're trying to convey, uh, seemingly. Right. They they both appear to have extreme disdain for 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 women. Um, bearing in mind that like. Maybe Chabot's not as bad as Gagoff in the sense that, like, we did in Labu Surge, there were some redeeming elements of the way that story was played out. Right. This movie removes agency from all women in it completely. Yeah. They seemingly don't have brains well, that function. Um, yes, but. Okay. Uh, disdainful characters are shown removing that agency, right? Right. That's uh, a, that. Well, so, yes and no. Right, because we get another. We get some more magic. Right, like the movie explains all of that with magic every time. Right, like right. Clovis and and Paul do not make meaningful arguments to Flo, to Florence. Right, they sure don't. Like, and yet no. they work somehow. Like, you know what I mean? Like, which tells us that like our either our writer, our director, or both believe that that would work like like even you know what i mean like within the yeah. setting of their story they say to themselves oh here's a convincing an argument that is good enough to convince this person which tells you what they right. consider the like sort of intellectual level of that person right right that is a like they like, you're writing the story you can have them make any argument you want and make it as good as you want and that's the best you came up with or the best you felt was necessary yeah. Like, I mean, it's. Well, I mean, what was that scene, right? Like, he. So, like, let's see here. Paul argues, you're bad for Charles, which maybe was a good faith argument when it started, right? Like, maybe it's like, well, you and Charles are not really. I don't believe you and Charles are compatible. Maybe that's a good faith argument that yeah. Paul's making, right? You, you are a lot more world. You're much more experienced sexually and, like, just in terms of, like, life. Um, yeah. He's kind of an innocent dummy like you i don't think you're compatible okay fine that's a good faith argument maybe but then clovis comes in and they like convince her based on the fact that like she's just too fucking horny when they touch her arm yeah See, I, mean, I don't i don't un adam this movie is so annoying and <laughs> this movie is so deeply annoying and the fact that we don't explore her motivation for going along no, with that. No, nothing. Of the we get nothing. Right. We get longing glances so from just... her from time to time. Right. And that's what we get. And it's like, <sighs> this movie gives me a headache, Adam. I hate it so much. Like, because, like, to me, that reads that, like, one or both of the people in charge of this movie have disdain for, for, for the opposite sex, right? Like... Do not think, because like none of the women in this movie are capable of asserting themselves even a little bit, right? Like, or even really have agency existing outside of our main characters, right? Seemingly. Um, and yeah, those guys are responsible for that happening, but like, and yes, we're supposed to understand this is, I don't think necessarily Chabrol has a good perspective on, like a good, um, sees them positively or anything like that the the guys either but like yeah the guys at least have functional agency in the, like right it, it, they're assholes but they have agency right and like i don't know 
It's just very weird. Yeah. I I did it again. Yeah, and I, can't I don't feel like it. this movie. There's there's early Godard, um, and certainly Truffaut, where one could argue that characters acting like this would be commentary on the chauvinism of right, yeah, young yeah. Frenchmen. Absolutely, we've we've uh, seen movies that, that that definitely could be yeah. thought of that way. Yeah, I don't I don't get that here either. No, no, neither um, do I. I think it's a commentary. Like, I don't know if it's a commentary on a class of. Per- it might be like a general commentary on the sort of the boat, the sort of because the movie the one at least one of the descriptions I read classified Paul as bohemian, which I think is very funny. So yes. it might be a yes. a commentary on the bohemian lot in general. But I think one of the commentaries that we are left with from there is that like is a commentary on the oh. women who run in that in that scene, right? As as we have discovered through our history of interaction with French film, apparently right wing bohemians is a thing that that is fairly common, which is in France. I mean, to be uh, fair, common in America too. Uh, when we look at the fair. sort of the, yeah. the long tail of the of the sort of American. Uh, hippie movement right <laughs> it's pretty clear that right, a lot of right, those people right. were very very right wing right um in the grand yeah. scheme of things fair um yeah uh there are at least some moments of humor in all of this uh some some i'm not sure that the movie wanted us the movie makers wanted us to find funny. no uh, for instance, uh, Flo and Paul in the shower, obviously meant to be like rubbing Charles' face in this whole thing, right? Um, but but it's like a translucent wall, and Flo is obviously meant to be naked. Uh, but Paul Very either obviously has, wearing Paul is either underwear. wearing trunks, yeah, he's either wearing trunks or has very weird pubic hair. No, he's definitely wearing some sort of pants, uh, right? Like he's <laughs> yes. Yes. I chalked that up to to uh, my uh, somewhere somebody in that that line either didn't want to be or didn't want to be around Paul naked. Yes, yes either Paul yes. didn't want to be naked um, or nobody wanted to be around Paul when Paul was naked. One of the two. And and the fact it, it does bring together a lot of elements. Paul's obsession with Wagner. Uh, we need exciting music for the strongman act. Uh, but the fact that Charles' ultimate rejection of any attempt to have fun, ultimate rejection of flow, and throwing himself into his books uh, coincides with Flight of the Valkyries playing, it's just funny. Yeah, I agree. It's just yeah. funny. And I imagine that is purposefully funny because of the the uh, juxtaposition of what's going on. But it is legitimately funny. Yeah, yeah, I, w- I would agree. Like, there's... A- and then, of course, like... The way I I have to imagine because I can't imagine another way. I think Paul is meant to read as being over the top and ridiculous in many ways, right? Like he's meant to be yeah. read as, yeah, as a humorous commentary on this kind of person. I mean, as, as soon as we see that facial hair, right? Yes, exactly. That's what and I'm he's saying. He's introduced like, wearing like a wearing wearing a, a robe of some sort. Uh, yeah, he's he's meant to be right. a very silly yeah. guy. And so he's a caricature I, 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 of a bohemian flat out and and i think in a different movie that would be fine i don't think paul's necessarily the guy who plays paul is like a bad actor or anything i think he pulls off like what he's the character he's playing fine the problem is that the story just yeah. sucks it's just 
that that interesting that somewhat interestingly like played character is in just a garbage story basically yeah yeah it's so i don't know it's like i i don't know and then like he's meant to be a a a a um a counterpoint with with charles but charles isn't like the other extreme opposite of him in like a sort of odd coupley sort of way kind of thing right like charles is more like boring than anything else right like yeah so he, i think you know i think th- I think actor for character, it even works better than last week, where uh, the guy who plays Paul was uh, uh, was Serge, or the guy who plays Paul was uh, the friend, the main character mm-hmm. in Le Bou Serge, and the guy who plays Charles was Serge. Um, yeah, they're better off so in they, these roles they, than they are in that role. Like they, I think they, they are, are they better, are better suited roles. to those these roles than they are to those. And Charles yeah. is, plays an uptight guy pretty well in general it's just that like it's hard to make an extreme version of the uptight guy yeah. you know what i mean like charles doesn't come off as like extreme in the way that paul is right right so as an audience we find him kind of like less engaging that way right because like you you would want like charles to be if you're trying to do like a, like oh these two like oil and water together sort of thing you would make charles like Right, way, way over the deep end as far as that stuff's concerned. Um, he's just not. Um, right, he's just depressed. Yeah, uh, yeah, and presumably, and like, um, and again, like we as the audience watch it be him be depressed because of Paul. Like, but like Charles doesn't ever like engage with that idea himself. Really, except for towards the very end when he decides to kill, maybe kill Paul. Right. And at that point, he's so depressed. He might be actually planning a long game suicide. Well, uh, I mean, I assumed know. when he picked up the gun and uh, started pulling bulls in, he's just going to kill himself. Like, that's that was, I think, right. mine and probably everyone who's ever watched this movie's <laughs> yeah. reaction, right? That's what you assume he's going to do, right? And actually seems more in fitting with Charles's character. Than what he actually does, and I think that's why we all assume that's what's going to happen, right? Like you watch this movie and you're like, "Oh, he's going to kill himself," because that fits like the dynamic that the like the thing we know about Charles is the fact that he puts all this stuff on himself, right? Um, right. And like having him lash right. out at Charles or at Paul seems out of character. I mean, he doesn't stand up for himself, though, right? So he's lashing out to Paul in a way where it doesn't where require him to Paul assert himself, react. right? That that part is right. true. Right. It's just that I think the lashing out is even out of character. Yeah, it's all like you know what I mean. Like, I could see a couple different versions of this, and none of them involved him actually like actively trying to kill uh, Paul. You know what I mean? I don't know. It's it's it, it, I don't know. It's a very what it seems like is that the ending especially the last like 15 20 minutes of the movie is a desire is oddly framed setup to make sure they can have that ending scene, right? To explain like I don't know, like it's it feels like they came up with the like the Paul shooting Charles thing first and then worked backwards from that to get at the very end, right? Because like I could see a lot of different things 
Charles would do, and none of them are play Russian roulette with Charles or Paul in his sleep. Like even like, like the Russian roulette part makes it even like more out of character. It, I don't know. It's it's so because yeah. it's that has its sort of like a dark playfulness concept to it that like also Charles doesn't have as a character type. I don't. It. Huh. I don't know. <laughs> I I don't know. That's all I can say is I don't know. Uh, the bookseller is, is 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 a fascinating character. Um, yeah, one one wonders if he is a stand-in for the bookseller's fun. Whatever his name is, Paul Gagoff or something like that. It's worth noting that like the bookseller also has an extremely derogatory yeah. opinion of women, yeah. right? Um, That's part of his character, right? He talks about buy, I can buy X number of women, yes, with the amount of money I make doing this. It's it's every single oh, yeah. character. Oh yeah, absolutely. Is like that. <laughs> with no with no counterpoints. We're not presented with anything that would even remotely approach a counterpoint. Yeah. Yep. To an extent, Charles is the counterpoint in that he does not hold flows past against her. Right. But that is presented that is presented as a naivety. Right, 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 and 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 again, we're not giving any counterpoint to that. There's nobody who says, like, supports Charles's position, and we're seeing that yeah. Charles is a loser, right? Like, in the grand scheme of it, the movie says Charles is a loser, right? Like, so okay, the person who has any other thoughts beyond this is the loser, right? Who is a loser? Yeah, I don't know. It's not very encouraging uh, in the grand scheme of things. I mean, understanding understanding the bookseller to Charles as Clovis is to Paul. Fine. They're both bad people. Right. That's right? the thing, right? Is that they're both bad people. At least, at least the bookseller is not also a pimp. Right. Uh, who is only maintaining a relationship with Paul in order to get... Uh, access to young women for people with more money. Right. Uh, and then presuming not, not even sharing that profit with Paul, uh, which I don't know if it would be better or worse if he did. I mean, but. presumably, <laughs> like, Paul gets something out of this arrangement, right? Like, I, yes, you know, like, yes. Paul is, is aware of what Clovis does and, and actively supports right. Clovis's behavior. Like, you know what I mean? Like, we don't see any in, uh, any indication that that Paul is against what Clovis does, right? And ultimately, everybody hates the Italian, even Clovis. Yeah, everybody. Literally, that's the only pocket, positive point. Right? Is, that, is that is that yeah. the movie somehow decides? Well, at least the Italian is a, is a bridge too far. Yeah. Even though Clovis is still facilitating everything the Italian does until the Italian is uncautious and then steals from him. Right, right. And we don't don't worry about him anymore. With Les Bussers, it's filmed on location in the village. And there's something material to that, something real. Yeah, yeah. It, it makes uh, it much more in Paul, the sort of like the idea of this being quote-unquote new wave, right? Is it feels slightly yeah. more real. Paul's apartment here is a movie set. Right. It's Maybe it's a real place. Maybe it's not, but it's 
It's but it Huge feels like a movie set. It feels it feels artificial. It feels like Nobody set. lives in that kind of apartment, and none none of the people yeah. that are in theory like the target of the French New Wave, like and the like this like the real people of of Fran- of Paris, like the, the real young people of Paris, live in an apartment that looks anything like that. Right? It's purely sort of weirdly yeah. aspirational. Right? Right. It's uh you know it's like the Friends apartment. Yes. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. If if Joey got bored at every party and put on uh, Nazi poetry, I I don't think it would be Joey. I don't know. I Joey doesn't feel like the right character for that. It's uh, I don't I don't know if I can't remember the name of any of the friends characters. It's Ross. It is Ross. You're right. I couldn't remember his name. Uh, yeah, it's Ross. Right. But Ross yeah. isn't sophisticated enough. Right. Like Ross isn't suave. Right. Um. Right. So there's nobody suave in that group. So. No, it doesn't no. work. Sort of purposefully. Yeah. Um. But yeah. Uh. But yeah, the apartment is is too artificial. Uh, the characters are too artificial. There's nothing grounded here, really, at all. Um. And I don't feel like. I don't feel like, Shabril or a screenwriter, know people like this in real life. I don't feel like any of this is based on real experience. Right. Yeah. No, it's it's, um, a, it's a purely artificial construct, like top to bottom, right? Right. Which, again, right. as we discussed before, that sure doesn't feel like what I was led to believe was what um, the French New Wave was supposed to be. Right. Is it a cautionary tale that... Yeah, don't play with guns. This is how young men in Paris are? Um. Is it just a cautionary tale about playing with guns? Yes, I think so. Is it some sort? Is it a, a, a legitimately a veiled so. anti? Yeah. Is it just a uh, anti TB message that uh, that we're missing the point? Of? Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. It's our first movie in like three weeks that doesn't have tuberculosis as a plot yeah. point. So, well, <laughs> yeah. I mean, to be fair, one of a bunch of those movies had tuberculosis as a plot point because the person died from it. And it wasn't really so much a plot in the movie as it was a plot in real life. Yes. The Vigo box set, there is that aspect. Um, But yeah. So, yeah, I guess I just, I don't understand the point of this. I don't understand why it was, why it made money versus... I I don't know. I don't know. None of it makes sense. Like... What something about this I don't think must it's... have like resonated with some group of people, right? Yeah. Like it. I even think the I I even think Le Bousserge's artistically like its plot is also dumb, but artistically I feel it's the more uh, visually and uh, uh, just um, status wise the more interesting movie because. Again, for the material aspects and the the non professional actor aspects of shooting in the small town, right? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, this didn't connect with me. Uh, I didn't even. I even. I made a resolution to try and be more positive about our movies. No, I refuse. Uh, and then and then they give me the cousins. Well, that's right a, that's the, the thing, right? Is that like first... the, we've wa- we have been very positive about a bunch of movies we watched recently. It's worth noting, like yeah. Unfortunately, Le Cousins kind of just sucks. And, like, yeah. in the grand scheme of things, like, 
I want to be honest about how movies make me feel. Um, right, right. And, like, right, how right. I yeah, feel and what I think about them. And, like, the reality of the matter is I'm not going to, like, tell myself a lie that this was a – like, visually, one of the things I was going to talk about is that visually I found this movie fairly – like, vis- as you talked about, like – it's all very artificial. The party scenes are interesting. But they are in, they're visually interesting. Um, they, they are visually engaging. Yeah. Weird. The camera does interesting things. Moves around in right. fun ways. Um, and, and, and they're really in, they're really like nice to look at. Framings happen all the time. Right. You can tell that they are. I I don't think this is a set. I think this is an apartment they found from somebody rich. Yeah. And and they yeah, and, because and of, presumably it's chosen because it looks really visually uh, exciting, right? It is, right. It is an, a visually engaging, um, right? Um, and because of the sight. way the camera moves, it does suggest that it is in actual space, right? Right. Yeah. You, we we get too many um, sides of it, and they all are very coherent and like cohesive. So, yeah. um, but that being said, um, it, it it the only things I take away from this that I find at all in, rewarding are the visual elements of it. Yeah, and that's not like where I want to be with a movie. Like, we've seen plenty of beautiful movies that also had interesting stories and had something yeah, to say. and we've seen plenty of movies whose only redeeming factor were their their eye, uh, that were still better movies than this yeah i mean this one fails <laughs> where, um, where, yeah. where visually they were more interesting than this movie right um even if visuals was the only interesting thing about them um yeah it's just it's not very good uh and i don't really like it um right despite uh Gigoff being maybe a right-wing guy and despite this uh paul as a character defaulting to right-wing art uh in his uh depressed times at the Mm -hmm. end of the parties um and even you know even plays wagner during the uh exciting bit you know i mean he is he's he is he is you can imagine what kind of person paul is in like (laughs) in 20 years yeah what what really gets me about any of this is the idea that in 1959 or late 50s, whatever year this might be set compared to what what year it's shot in, uh, the idea that any of these young people are putting up with Paul putting on, right? Like it's not even Wagner. good. It's not even a good, like especially the slow one he puts on in the first the first time. Oh it's yeah, not the first, even good the first time music he puts on a choose, record, right? It's like Com- the idea that you would sit through idea. it, that you would sit through an entire, you would go through a party when the guy running yeah. it puts on this. You'd be like, "Come on, dude, yeah. put on something fucking interesting." What are you that's, doing? That's the party's over. Get out of my house, music. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's yeah. It, it it's yeah. yeah. It's completely like yeah. Like I fuck off, guys. I'm done with you. Like music yeah. and like and maybe not, that's like, let's point, all get down to fucking the fact music. that no one reacts like that yeah no because like yeah. everybody yeah. like it because reacts is, by getting right. down down to business it's really uncomfortable on <laughs> kind of a fundamental level it's the true the true right-wing aspect of this is that that wagner makes everyone horny right yes. uh, <laughs> i you know it's the association of uh of his music with 
with right wing elements is is its own bit of well, propaganda of the. I mean, it has, some of it has, of the 20th to, it century, has to do but... with uh, with Wagner himself, though. Bear in mind, right, uh, right, right. Yeah, Wagner but... is is well. Wagner's politics are well well documented, so you know, yeah, that's yeah part of it. But uh, but yeah, it's all. There is the silly aspect of it that seems purposeful and laughable, and that's great. But there is a silliness to it as well that seems incidental, and they just weren't thinking it through. And as a joke, it doesn't really work. But if it's not a joke, it works even worse. Right. Uh, so, so, yeah, I don't know. Uh don't know what to make of the cousins uh ultimately just not impressed with it um as you said as we've talked about there's moments in the parties where visually it's still interesting but even that's just aping off of the way the parties in the rules of the game were shot right uh i cannot now after seeing zazie don le metro i cannot watch a let's drive around paris to prove that we're in paris sequence Without thinking of Zazie right, Don yeah, Le Metro. Yeah, yeah, well, uh, I, I, my thought process when we encountered that was, oh, the the obligatory French New Wave. Let's be let's be oh, yeah. let's be boys having fun in Paris scene uh, was my my yeah. automatic result. And of and of course, it's very much obligatory, but but just makes me now think of Zazie where they're driving around and past the same building and just identify it as different things every time they go <laughs> yes, by. Yes, yeah, 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 uh, yeah, yeah, you're completely, 100% right, yeah. Completely, completely deconstructing this sort of scene. Yeah, yeah it completely uh, melted my brain for this kind of stuff too, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, can't, can't get beyond that. Uh, so No reason never, to, because it, you know, it is a better, it is both a commentary on this and also a better version of this. Than, right. Than and obviously, what we see in most of these things, Zazie comes out after this, uh, a full year after this. Um, oh my God, it's that close! Uh, I didn't even realize yeah. that. Yeah, it really is. Yeah, Zazie's like, holy shit! I yeah, didn't even realize that. That's amazing. Yeah, like, like you know, Mali is also not technically French New Wave. No, I know, but, but like, like timing wise, he's right there too. Right, but it also yeah. feels like what an what what an insightful commentary to put this. I don't know. Maybe it's yeah. not directly I mean, aiming the, at these movies, but boy, it sure feels like it. To the fact that uh, you know that driving around Paris thing to establish that you're in Paris—that's a very common. I know, I that's know, everywhere. I know. It's just like, but every single one of these movies has that in it. It's, but there is sort of a chance that with Zazie and the turnaround being so quick, they're making particular reference to this to this movie, uh, and I, yeah. With Zazie coming out after and being a purposeful mockery of that sort of scene, even if not this particular movie, right? Uh, understandable, but always, always a bad sign when a movie just makes me think of a funnier thing in a different. Yeah, movie. a better version, a better uh, thing. Yeah. Well, yeah. I'm also thinking about the fact that, like, when you think about Zazie on the Metro and stuff, you start thinking about the idea that, like, yeah, maybe they're not specifically aping this scene, they're aping this kind of scene, but like, yeah. Oh, you're supposed to be breaking new ground. Why did you put the most rote kind of scene in your like, like right. Charbel is 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 becoming a very odd character to me, in the sense that like he's part of the French New Wave, whatever that means, um, but like 
seems also the most conventional in every capacity. Like, it's more like, yeah. oh, I just can't get anybody to let me make these movies, so I, I am, I am a, I'm an outsider. You know what I mean? Like, in the sense that, like, he's seemingly using very, tradi- like, very standard filmmaking techniques in a lot of ways. Like, he's making using a lot of very tried and true elements in his movie. It's like, what makes this new? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. If if I knew Shabrol better, and obviously there's a lot of religious sim- symbolism in Le Bousset. Right. Well, a lot more playing around with that than this, obviously. But. And, and we've got the bookseller here as a character making reference to Dostoevsky, making reference to Balzac. Maybe, maybe that's trying to pull something. If, if there's literary symbolism in these characters that I'm not grasping, that is my failure. And I'm sorry. Well, it's not but, mine because I never pretended I could do that. So. Right, right, right. No, but I don't, I don't um, think so. I, yeah. I also, it does not feel like that kind of movie, right? Like, like, Labusserge kind of hits you over the head with it, like makes it pretty clear. Like even if you're not sure what right. it's supposed to be, it's very clearly saying, "Hey, this is here. You should maybe figure out what we're trying to say." This is not. I, in every way, Labusserge is a better movie than this. Let's be very clear. Yeah, I think that's fair. Like, yeah, I actually I got a lot. I mean, like I had my problems with Labusserge that we talked about, but when it came down yeah. to brass tacks, I thought Labusserge was a good movie. And I mostly enjoyed my time with it. It frustrated me yeah. at times, and I found some things like a little less than savory. But like, it was a it was on a on a basic line. It was good. This is pretty not that. I I don't know. Doesn't feel like a very rewarding experience. So, Chris Allah did list this as one of his one hundred favorite movies. Yeah. yeah, saw that. Um, let's find out. Where on the list? Number 42. So right smack dab in the middle. Uh, right before 400 Blows. That's weird. Uh, but also, actually, you know what? Is this is this list in any no, order? This, or is this list just... Like, this list is just in, this list list. Is just in chronological order. Gotcha. It's just in chronological order. Okay, there we so, go. So, yeah, that's why it's right below 400 Blows, because it came out a month before 400 Blows. Right, that makes blows. a lot more sense. So, because, like, I, yeah. I personally don't know... Like thinking about Kurosawa, like Kurosawa, we've 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 encountered like lists of Kurosawa's favorite films before, and like he's got pretty eclectic yeah. tastes. Um, yeah, like like to see a lot of different kinds of movies and kind of engage with like, well, I don't, I don't know really honestly what he would find terribly redeeming about this. It's probably mostly visual style would be my guess, but you know, yeah, because it is, you know, if you think about like. The the kind of cutting and like the way that the it's shot, um, I can see one, like, like if you think about this and then you think about something like, um, why is my brain going blank? The one in the in the that's all in the apartment with the with the uh, high and low, like some of the oh, way yeah. that's shot and the way this is shot in that apartment, I could see like, I haven't seen that movie in. 10 years but you know right 
Yeah, I I, yeah. I, could, I could see an argument for like some similarities there. Maybe, maybe. Because again, the, the 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 shooting of the apartment scenes is pretty dynamic. It's it's a it's a it is, it's visually engaging. It's just not right. Otherwise engaging, right? So. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> this may be the most the most I've ever ever agreed with a Bosley Crowther review. Chaparral uh-huh. has more skill with the camera than he has with the pen. And his picture is more credible to the eye than it is to the skeptical mind. Mm. But is not the less overwhelming and is beautifully played by much the same cast as Le Beau Serge. Um, yeah, I agree. Like, yeah, that's, yeah, that's basically <laughs> what we came down to. Too. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's a visually interesting movie. It's not a visually stunning movie. Uh, even by Chabrol's own standards established last week. Right. Um, but, uh, but yeah, um, I'm not so. I'm not sure. There's many more ways we can say that we don't. Uh, really we like didn't this like movie. this movie's yeah, plot, yeah. and it's and it's visually it was mildly interesting at best. Uh, so maybe this will be our shortest episode for a very long time, and it's time to pull this one to a close so we just don't talk. In I, I agree. I, I don't have anything um, else to say. I that I the thing that I come back to is to like kind of like. I also found that weird sort of like through the through I mean I said that a lot. You messed up with my brain, Adam. You you broke me. I'm sorry. I haven't I said just, it at all basically. I made you conscious yeah, of the word. And now I can't stop saying it. Yeah. Um the um the scene where they're looking through the glass and we lose the sound for a little bit. Uh uh-huh. looking through the paper. I yeah. thought was really it was the closest this movie got to be actually visually ex- like exciting. Yes. Like I thought that was really like, also true. I was like, wow, something really interesting is happening here. Uh, it doesn't last for very long, and then it goes back to being kind of mildly interesting after that. But that that one scene is like, yeah. wow, I'm I'm engaged right now. Uh, and then yeah. <laughs> the idea that this one was so much more expensive than well, you had so to rent that weird that really like odd that apartment, to, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maybe it was a real apartment, and that's why it was so expensive. Uh, Maybe licensing Wagner in in France in nineteen fifty <laughs> was extremely was, expensive. I believe it. Yeah, it's just the most popular music we have. If Wagner had written a uh, a barge people song, he could have been. <laughs> he been yeah, he could have been the king of France. Uh anyway, we've been talking about Les Cousins from nineteen fifty nine, directed by Claude Chabrol, the second of a pair of Chabrol films, along with Le Beau Serge last week his first two films and two of the first releases of what would go on to be called the French new wave, uh, outshone immediately by the 400 blows, which came out a month after this. Yeah. Um, and outshone infinitely by Varda's Le point court that came out four years before this. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. uh, Nowadays, I don't have to say give Varda the respect she deserves. Varda gets the respect she deserves. But I wish in 1959 Varda got the respect right, she yeah, deserves that's what, from we, the other we, people. Yeah, that's what yeah. we wish, right? Like, we wish yeah. that the world had been different. Yeah. Uh, anyway. Um, next week, we will be kicking off a multi-week set uh, going through Olivier Assayas's Carlos miniseries, uh, Three feature-length uh, TV films on the terrorist known as Carlos or Carlos the Jackal. 
Uh, should be interesting. A fun thing the Criterion Collection does with historical uh, dramas every so often, particularly 20th century historical dramas uh, outside of the war, um, is that we get a plethora of outside material on the disc, and we have plenty of that for Carlos uh, that we'll be covering as well. Um, but thinking of things like uh, Z and like uh, uh, Missing, where uh very clearly the point of the film was that uh the right wing were the bad guys <laughs> whereas this is a movie about a left-wing terrorist it'd be interesting to see yeah i mean how my guess get, is uh, that it handled. will not be saying that he was a, that he was like the good guy uh yeah but like that neither neither the Neither the movie or the peripherals will be, will right. be praising I, I, Carlos. I, I'm I'm curious to see because I don't really know anything about any of it. So yeah. it's obviously going to be like right. coming from a perspective and have its own sort of yeah. thoughts and biases. I'm really and interested, stuff, but I'm it. curious. And we've only we've only ever seen one uh, one Assayas film before, and it was Summer Hours, uh, his 2008 family drama. All right, uh, yeah, the so like one of very, 150 a very different to that we watched. Yeah. 2008. Yeah. Going to be very different to that. So, uh, yeah, look forward to it nonetheless. Um, we've heard a lot from Isaias over the years. He, he does a lot of bonus features in movies we've already seen, but, uh, haven't had a lot of movies from him yet. So this will be, uh, this will be a treat in more ways than one. Definitely looking forward to it more than ever thinking about the cousins again. Uh, <laughs> sorry. Thank you so much for listening to Lost in Criteria. And I'm as always the Adam Glass. With me as always, John Patrick Ogletary Dorgan. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. You've been listening to Lost in Criterion with co-hosts The Adam Glass and John Patrick Oitari Dorgan. With the collapse of Twitter, who knows what social media we might end up at. How about Blue Sky? That sounds great. Check out the official podcast account at lostincriterion.bsky.social. Jonathan Hape does our music, and you can check out more of his work at jonathan-hape.com or on any music streaming service. And you probably should. He's pretty good. A big thanks to everyone who supports us on Patreon. You can join their ranks at patreon.com slash lostincriterion. And hey, thank you for listening. <laughs>